Welcome to the Young, Fun, and Sober podcast. I am your host, Blazik, a.k.a. Sober Guy Journal. And I'm Julia, also known as That One Sober Friend on TikTok. Knowing what I know now, I wouldn't change anything except to feel more emotionally slow down. Life's a merry-go-round. But things ain't merry when you're going through the motions, fulfillment, lies, and emotions. So why go through life unavailable? You're unfailable. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Young, Fun, and Sober podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about shame, a topic that I am sure, I guess I shouldn't assume, but um, I feel like it's something that's pretty popular in the sobriety community because otherwise we probably wouldn't have pursued the path of sobriety. So um, yeah, we're going to talk about shame today. This is a topic that I believe was requested. Is that right? Yeah. Cool. Um, So yeah, if you have topics that you want us to talk about, by the way, just however you want to get them to us, you can leave a review. Uh, You can message Julia or I on Instagram or on TikTok, comment on our videos. Uh, But but yeah, we're always looking for topics. So feel free to do that. Um, But yeah, we'll start it off. So Julia, what did shame look like for you in drinking? So I feel like maybe it would be good to differentiate like shame and guilt first. And then tough. And then I'll go into like specifically like my relationship with that and like how it kind of led to my sobriety. Um, But from my understanding, I could be wrong, but from my understanding, just based off of like TED Talks I've heard and whatnot, it seems as though shame is when you have the belief that you are just inherently bad, like you are a bad person. That's why you do bad things. Whereas guilt doesn't have that like perspective of you think you're a bad person. You don't think you're a bad person, but you just happen to have done a bad thing that you feel guilty about. So I was definitely experiencing both of those things when I was drinking. I, I did have, like, I did make bad decisions, um, which made me feel guilty. But a lot of the time I just had shame in the person that I was, or the person that I thought I was, um, because (laughs) what was happening was I felt as though my actions were not at all aligning with the intentions that I had as a person. I felt as though I had these certain morals and I wanted to hold myself to the certain standard But my actions when I drank did not at all reflect the intentions that I was attempting to have. So when I realized that my drinking was really enabling the bad behavior, not saying that it's an excuse, but it was enabling the bad behavior was a huge component when it comes to me wanting to choose you know, the life of sobriety. I don't know if you had a similar situation happen. Yeah, I, I think that that's, first of all, I've never really considered the difference between shame and guilt. So it's interesting to hear that. Um, I wouldn't say that I had much off of that definition. I wouldn't say that I had a lot of shame. Like I didn't believe that I was a bad person, but okay. I carried a ton of guilt. I did a lot of things that I wouldn't do at noon that I would do at 9 Mm p.m., 10 p.m. So 
Yeah, that's that's really interesting to hear the differences there. Um, can you give an example, I, like something you're comfortable with, I guess, of of yeah, and like, like I think um, I'm getting that definition. I'm I'm obviously like butchering it. This is not word for word, but Benet Brown had a TED talk where she kind of explained the the difference between the two. So that's where I'm getting my interpretation. But if it's not perfect, that's my bad, guys. Um, sorry, my cat is wanting to make an appearance as always. Um, so when it comes to an example, oh geez, I have so many. <laughs> um, I will say like the first time that my drinking really put me in a horrible situation was when I was in high school. I was a senior in high school and I made a really awful decision when I was drunk. I actually don't remember making this decision. I only heard about it um, either a day or two later from another person that was involved. And um, that was just extremely shocking because it, again, like it didn't at all align with the person that I thought that I was. This caused me, this decision caused me to lose um, my group of friends for a good amount of time, which I don't blame them. You know, I, I hurt a really good friend of mine, basically. Um, and yeah, I, I graduated high school, like without my group of friends. Um, we weren't like talking at that time. These are my good friends now. Like we've, we've gotten past it. Um, but I'm kind of, I mean, I was what, you know, I was 17 at the time. Like I didn't have a whole lot of life experience at that point, but, um, that was kind of a starting point to, I would continue to make a lot of bad decisions that were pretty like similar to that situation. I didn't really learn my lesson that first time. Um, but I will never forget, you know, when I heard the news of what I did, like, I'll just like, never forget that feeling. It was like a physical reaction that I had, like my stomach just dropped. What like a terrifying thing that you just said. I'll never forget the reaction that I had when I found out what I did. That's, that's something that like, we don't really have to worry about anymore. Like finding out what we did. Yeah. Uh, like having another person tell me the actions that I did with my body. Like what? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's pretty. Yeah. I haven't really thought about that in a while, but yeah, by not, I mean, that's, that's a big part of, of drinking, right? If, if you're pushing it to the limits of blackout, you're just kind of on autopilot in the world with your worst decision-making ability. It's like, if you were to to take yourself and be like, okay, how can I make you make the worst decisions you can? And then just push you out into the world and be like, all right, I'll see you in 12 hours. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> it's, but, and it's crazy that we've gotten to a point where like, I mean, at least my college experience, like the word blackout was something that was not only, not only something that I heard all the time, it almost felt as though it was encouraged. So yeah, I mean, it was kind of like, I, I remember very casually talking about it. Like, did you black out last night? In that tone, like, no worry, <laughs> no concern. Like, did you black out last night? Yeah, I blacked out, bro. 
then you're just kind of like remember those debriefs remember the the night oh, the out next morning yeah you'd go out that night and then the next morning everyone would be like debriefing and piecing things together and it's like wow that's I mean there was some like I look back at those times kind of nostalgic for the nights that it was fun um but also just terrifying in the same way to like have to team up four of us in the living room and be like, all right, let's put this night together. Like, what do you remember? Let's what try do I to remember? piece together the night. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of, kind of crazy, honestly. Um, a lot of my guilt, I think came from, from just like, definitely the next morning, just like what waking up kind of like, who did I text? Should I have texted them? Um, Snapchat was kind of like my worst enemy, like, cause oh first of all, you wake up and like, you can see that you sent like a text, but you can't see what it is. So just like, yep. Oh, okay. Like probably shouldn't have texted them. And I don't know what I said. And I see that they've read it six hours ago. So they probably <laughs> weren't too into whatever I said. Just, Oh my God. Like that was my, that was my curse. And it's so crazy because it's just like who I am sober would never even consider sending the texts or like Snapchats or whatever I would when I was drinking. It just, just like way more flirty, way more like, you know, risky as far as like who I would send it to. Yeah. I was extremely bold. I was extremely bold back then. Um, I was like, even if I did see let's say they're regular texts. I would see the text that I sent. I'm like, that could not have possibly come from me, but it very much so did. Yeah. Yeah. And this sounds like very, very, very weird to say, but I was talking about, I was talking about this with my buddy the other day. There was like, did you listen to Drake back in the day? Like, thank me later, Drake or take care. Yeah. Like I listened to him in high school. Take care. Yeah. Okay. So we were talking about this. How many of those songs are about drunk texting, trying to like, you know, that that dark nostalgia? And me and my buddy were both saying how like we listened to that when we were probably 17, 18. And we just kind of thought that was cool. Not that Drake's at fault for this. Drake was just rapping about his life. Like he got flaws like everyone. So I'm not blaming Drake for me drunk texting, but it just felt like this is right. Like if I listen to take a shot for me and I text you like, you know, whatever, you're going to receive that well. And then we're going to get back together, whatever the, whatever the narrative was, but it just like kind of made me think that I, I guess I just started doing it young. And then I just kind of kept doing it into my mid twenties and like, yeah, just stupid. It just had a lot of guilt show- around that though. Yeah, it just goes to show that we very much so are are creating our own reality. So the the content that we're intaking, the music that we're intaking, the people that we're spending our time with, that's going to very much so reflect the actions that we make and the way that we pursue our lifestyle. Um, so yeah, like drunk texting especially during that era of music was something that was talked about 
in almost every song. <laughs> yeah. And texting was like somewhat new at the time too, right? Like that sounds yeah. crazy, but it actually like when we were it in was. Middle, when we were in middle school, you, you could only send 300 texts a month. Like that's all you had. So you weren't necessarily just firing off texts like left and right. So yeah, that was kind of, that's kind of why I think people were rapping and singing about it. It was this new thing. Yeah, it was, I, I, I listen, I still listen to music like that, like all the time. I'm oh, very much. So the music that I listened to when I was like 14, 15 is definitely still the music that I listen to to yeah, this day. I feel you. <laughs> but at least now, um, like now I have a clear, you know, I, I don't romanticize the, oh, I'm going to drunk text as much as like I, I did when I was drinking, obviously. That, that just felt like something cool to do. And it felt like, it just felt right. I've always said this. I just, I loved that dark nostalgia, kind of doing something wrong, kind of going against the grain. I'm, I'm different. I'm lonely. Like I'm, I'm a loner. I loved that vibe. So it just kind of fit into that vibe. And I just would ride that out. Yeah, it's because that era of like celebrities definitely romanticized that lifestyle or just like that perspective. I don't know exactly how to put it, but like Kid Cudi was kind of the same way, yeah. like just like dark, nostalgic, um, kind of like these are the shitty parts of my life, but I'm going to like yeah. make it into a song and make it sound cool. Yeah, literally yeah. like the boppiest of melodies. Like, I got some <laughs> issues that nobody can see. Yeah, <laughs> we like, all loved it. Yeah. We loved it. Yeah, but someone needs to talk about it too. Like, I, it's it, it was just like an interesting, it's interesting how that brews up in me and or whoever receives it and how we interpret it and, and all of that. Um, I did have something pop in my mind though. Like, what are what are some small things that you felt guilt over? Like things that you wouldn't be like, oh, like this is, this really affected my friend group or whatever, but just small things. Um, Definitely. Like, even if it would not even involve other people, but like, if I would like overshare with Ooh. someone, I would do that all the time. I feel like I was, um, I think back and I'm probably like the amount of conversations I was probably like holding this person hostage by talking to them for like too long, <laughs> just this one person. Yeah. And I got too deep and it's like, girl, that this person at this like frat party is like not your therapist. Um, yeah. But I didn't, I didn't know that. I, I didn't really recognize that at the time. <laughs> just like really missing the social cues. totally missing the social cues I mean and now I see it now I see it now I'm very much so on the receiving end of this this person keeps saying the same story in a slightly different way but they've said it now the third time and I'm kind of looking around for someone to kind of like save me from yeah. the interaction and I have sympathy I have so much sympathy because I've completely understand that I was the person in that position. It's just, um, I would then have a sense of embarrassment the next day for sure. And, yeah. um, if I could go back and change it, you know, I probably would have. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm sure everyone's been there. 
I, I'm sure that's a very popular one. I know I've been there. I'm sure one of my bad ones is I love like humor and dark humor, dry humor, whatever. But when I, when I would drink, I would kind of drop the filter as far as like my crowd <laughs> or like, you know, something I maybe could say around five people. I would say like around 15 people when I shouldn't. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I was really bad about that. Which like it either hit hard or it missed hard, you know. <laughs> Nothing like it was a gamble. Yeah, it was it was a gamble. Nothing like a. I'm not wanting people to think I'm like saying this outrageous stuff. It's nothing a comedian wouldn't say on stage, but also comedians on stage should not say certain things in uh in small groups. Like you know that there's a, a time and a place. But I I was just so and I am into comedy. I love comedy, and I would just try and make everything kind of my my comedy stage in a way and lots of times I'd be like oh yep that didn't go (laughs) (laughs) but I'd still say it another one I had like small small guilt around is just like I lived in filth in a way like I just I was always kind of in that non-mode like unmotivated oh yeah um you know, lethargic. So like, I just, I, I wouldn't do the the dishes. Like I would just stuff would always pile up. It's not like I never cleaned my house, but it was way less rare than now. I just go, I clean my house like every three days, you know, I just, I want everything nice and clean and orderly. And, and even during like relapses, I have experienced that my lifestyle just to- like, I made a, <laughs> I made a video once about how, um, like when I relapsed, you know, three four months ago or whatever I left the bread out and I like made a video I was like I like woke up and the bread was out like open bag and <laughs> somebody commented <laughs> and they, were, they, were like, they were like oh no he oh, left no. the bread out Kanye voice <laughs> which was just so funny <laughs> but and I know it's a small thing like that's why I thought the that was pretty funny. Like it is a small thing, but it's just like my lifestyle is leaving the bread out when a million things like leaving leaving the bread out. But okay, on like a more deep note, I guess is I've discovered you know within the past couple of years is my environment very much so affects my my mood, my motivation, my just like my state of mind, my environment very much so affects that. So yeah, if I was hungover, I mean, I didn't, I didn't even care. Like, and that's yeah. just so the people that, you know, see me on a day-to-day basis now, like they know I'm not anything like that. I'm very like type A, everything has its place and it needs to be where I, where I usually have it or else I like freak out about it. But yeah, if I was hungover, I mean, I definitely wasn't getting it done that day. And, you know, nine out of 10 times I was hungover on a Sunday, which just meant the start of my week was starting on like a, the worst. not the best foot. Yeah. And so like that kind of reflected the type of week that I was about to have. And it's so funny. Cause like in college, I was always, you know, I felt very, um, out of control when it came to my emotions. Like my emotions were something that I just like could not manage. Um, And I think that had a lot to do with, I really wasn't setting myself up 
for success in the fucking first place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like Monday is just super important, whether it's your school week, your, your work week, whatever that might be like Monday kind of determines how everything's going to go. You know, you don't miss the gym on a Monday, like those types of phrases. And obviously Sunday fun day was like pretty fun. I liked that. Even even today, I took my dog out for a walk this morning. It's 55 degrees here. It's going to be like a high of 70. Talk about like a perfect Sunday fun day. But it's like, I can, I'm okay with having that thought of being like, wow, today would be fun to go do that. But then I just have to remember like, oh, that would be fun for about three hours. And then the rest of my week is thrown off. Like every part of my week is thrown off. So it's not like I can't go enjoy the weather today without drinking. Sure. It might be like a little less fun for a few hours, but that's okay. Because the the pro con list there is just so heavy on the pro side that I can, I can, I, I, I'm not like trying to fight the thoughts of my brain being like, oh, this would be fun. Or, you know, I'm okay with my brain having those thoughts because our brains are going to have thoughts. It's just being able to like work my way through that. And, and yeah, like knowing Monday, just how downhill that would be. It's so obvious. It's so obvious. Well, and like, I get so many comments of like, you know, people getting offended by my content and then being like, like, look, we're just having like a good time every once in a while. Like it's not that deep. And like, I fully understand that I did have nights of drinking where I did have a good time. Nothing bad happened. And you're exactly correct. Random troll. It was not that deep, but there's an overwhelming percentage of the times that I thought I was about to have an evening like that. And it very much so took a turn for the worst. And that fact in itself is the reason why I'm, you know, sitting here today talking to you about this yeah. <laughs> is because like, it's not worth the, the chance of, oh yeah, it could go right. True. Um, then it could also go like a hundred different wrong ways. And for, for me and my lived experience more oftentimes than not, it, you know, it ended bad. And you saying like, take a, a turn the wrong way. I don't know why that just like really landed because it's, it's kind of the way that I used to go out on whether it's Sunday fun day or whatever day, it's kind of this land of the unknown. And that's what was kind of exciting is like, okay, I'm going out and because I'm drinking, anything can happen. And because I'm drinking, I have the excuse of why I, I did it in a way, you know, like just, just to dumb it down to like the most simple level first date, right? First date, just meeting the person, never met him before. If you've had two drinks and you go for the kiss, it is 50 times easier than if you went to a coffee or coffee is probably not a great kissing first date, but an evening date, whatever. And you go for the kiss, right? Like, mm -hmm. because you have the excuse, you, you both are like, okay, we've had some drinks. We're feeling like at this level, it's okay to, it's okay to do it. Whereas, yeah, kissing someone sober, that's just, that's for children. Just kidding. It's, it's not for children. It's, just, it's, uh, it's scary. It's scary. Yeah, I, my, um, 
I don't want to say her name because I'm not sure if she put this on like a video or if this was said in a meeting, but she was saying that, you know, there was a component of excitement and like exhilaration when you were going, when you're getting ready for a night out and you're having your first couple of drinks, like at the pregame, cause you're like, the possibilities are endless. You know, what if I meet the guy of my dreams tonight? What if I, you know, what if we go to this club that we never go to and I'm going to get to dance with my friends and I haven't done that in six months, you know, like there's all these infinite possibilities. And, you know, I can rec, I can sit here and recognize that, that that's okay. You know, that's, that's fine. And I miss that. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I miss that, but it's just, there's, I have too much data now <laughs> to go off of that. I know myself better that like, it's, you know, if it's me giving that chance of like, okay, but what if I do end up making a decision that doesn't align with the person that I now see myself as, and then I'm going to have to then deal with the consequence of feeling that guilt and that shame the next day, two days, three days. Yeah. Then it doesn't seem so, so appealing. And another thing that I wanted to bring up is we've mentioned this before that, you know, you would kind of continue the drinking because you didn't want to feel those feelings. Whereas I really let myself sit in those feelings. And it was almost because I was trying to punish myself. I was like, you embarrassed yourself or you did that thing that you shouldn't have done. You deserve to feel sick. You deserve to hate yourself. You know, like I took it both in a physical and in like a mental sense. Like I, I told myself that I deserve to feel these feelings and, you know, now looking back, I'm just like, holy shit, I really hated myself back then, you know? And like, now I see myself in such a different light of like, you know, I love, and I respect, you know, my mind and my body so much that I, I don't want to even risk putting myself through that again. I don't know if that made sense. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally. I, I mean, there's really not a lot of self-love going on when you're in addiction or you're drinking when you don't want to drink. When you promised yourself you're not going to drink and then you're drinking, you, you're not showing much self-love. You're not showing much self-confidence. And I just think like doing those, doing those things can cause a lot of you know guilt and shame because you feel like you almost can't even trust yourself in a way. Like you, you said you were going to do this and you did this. And now it's just like, yeah, it's not a great spot. So you either like for me, the way that I showed my lack of self-love or lack of confidence was, was drinking again so that I wouldn't have to feel those feelings. And the way that you showed that, um, I mean, I don't want to say that you didn't have like self-love. It just, however you like manifested that was punishing yourself by feeling it yeah I I did not have self-love at all I feel like that was something that I really only first started discovering and feeling um when I took that first 30-day break it was like I got a little hint of it um and you know now I'm at about like 10 and a half months and 
I would say like maybe somewhere around the three month mark is when I was like, kind of like you with self-love came forgiveness and came understanding of like, okay, yeah, I did those shitty things in the past, but I really was, I was doing the best that I could at the time with the tools that I had. Um, now it's a different story. You know, now I, I have the resource of therapy and I take care of myself and you know, whatnot. But at the time I didn't feel like I had those options. And, um, I don't know, basically it's like back then I, I had all these intentions of like, no, I love my friends. I don't want to hurt my friends, but then my actions did not align with those intentions at all. And what are, you know, what are intentions without action? Our actions are how people perceive us and how they trust us and how they, how they feel like they have an understanding of who we are. It's really the only thing they have. Yeah. That's the only, like I'm, I'm in my head and I'm thinking I'm, you know, I'm trying to be this good person. I'm trying to be trustworthy and loyal and someone people can count on, but my actions are not mirroring that at all. I could not be doing (laughs) that. You know, I'm doing the opposite. So I can, you know, with self-love, I can like look back and understand, like, look, I still love that girl. You know, she made some mistakes, but she was doing the best she could. And I can, you know, at the same time also recognize, I don't want to be that person ever again. Yeah. We only know what we know. Like that's, that's where I think if you, whether it's sobriety, whether it's any part of life, like that's where you can bring a lot of empathy to situations. It's like, I only know what I know. And that person only knows what that person knows. So the way that they send energy into the world, they're actually just doing the best that they can with the tools that they've been given and the data points that they've been given. That's really all Mm -hmm. they have. I don't think, and I've said this before, I don't think anyone like wakes up with the intention of being a bad person. I don't know why that would necessarily be anyone's intention. I think it's just whatever data points in their life have led them to this moment. They just do what they think is right or what they've seen or what they know in that moment. So, you know, for me, like at at some levels, that's really deep. At some levels, that's really deep in, in the sense of, you know, maybe someone who grew up in an abusive home and now they reflect those behaviors as an adult. Like it could be that, or it could be with me where I just, it's simple down to the fact of like, I just learned if I'm uncomfortable emotionally, I drink, it goes away. I can do whatever I want during that span of being buzzed, being drunk. And then I can hack my way out of it tomorrow by drinking again. And then I'm free. It's just like this, that's all I knew. That's all I knew. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one reason I, I really wanted to start a podcast, I love making, you know, short videos, but I think it's really hard to, I think that's a great tender. Like you can spark the flame of peaking interest in someone's lifestyle. But I feel like long form content is really where you can hear somebody's story and, and understand like what they went through and all of that, because that's what it was for me. I, I, I only knew what I knew when I was drinking. And then when I finally was like, maybe I should stop, I, I found a podcast. 
And the thing about that podcast that made me want to quit was it was a bunch of people like you and I, some drank twice a week, some drank every night, but, but not stupid amounts. They all had, they were CFOs. They were high achievers. They were athletes. They were, and I was like, Whoa, hold on. Like I can quit alcohol because I just thought you only quit alcohol if you were homeless. Like that's, there wasn't really a, a thing there for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important too, because I think we actually have a review that said, um, you know, the person found either me or you on TikTok and they were really looking for more like um, long duration content. And um, I'm glad we're able to get into this stuff. And, but I'm not going to lie. I mean, like it kind of is hard to talk about sometimes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like can be painful. I find myself filtering too a little bit like, and, and I know that I can make the biggest impact by not filtering, but it's some of the stuff that, that I did when drinking is just embarrassing to the point of like, or, you know, shameful or guiltful to the point of like, I'm not ready to share that yet. That's still only a year and a half ago or, you know, whatever that might be. It's yeah. I think as time goes on, we'll get, you know, more comfortable and more confident with like sharing the more like detailed things. And also my thing is like, you know, a lot of the shame and the guilt that I carried is because I was hurting people that I really love. You know, I was hurting my friends. I was hurting my family. You know, I was, um, like these people were having like embarrassment for me and, you know, I want to respect their privacy as much as I can. So I'm, I'm kind of still like navigating, like how to be relatable and how to have people be able to like, um, resonate with my story, but with me also like trying to be respectful to like the people in my life, because, you know, I've already put them through a lot. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It is always weird. Like, I always wonder what my mom thinks when I'm just like on Facebook spilling shit out about, you know, mental health or whatever. But I think she's, she's somewhat cool with it, I think, but I can see how like it would be strange from a parent point of view, right? Like if I had a kid and he was doing that, I'd be like, Oh man, is he all right? Is he okay? What's he going through? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's almost like it's, you know, those generations, um, like, talking about it was what meant it bothered you. Whereas like, I feel like now we're seeing like, I'm wanting to talk about it so that it doesn't bother me anymore. It it is something that has been with me for a long time and I've kept it in and like our generation and, you know, Gen Z is now after us. I think we're now kind of realizing like actually bottling it up is probably the worst thing that you can do. And it's um, nice to know that other people are struggling with you with what you are. So like whether that's talking on a on a microphone or talking in a coffee shop, there's something really comforting about knowing someone's struggling. That's why I think it's important to share like everything we're going through because it's like yeah, it's just nice to know someone else is not nice to know they're struggling, but it's like comforting to know you're not alone. And and I really, you know, not that my the people that comment negative things on my TikTok, I doubt they're listening to the podcast, but you know, it, I do want folks to understand that like, yes, I, I am in a better spot than I was in a year and a half ago. Um, and, and I like to talk about things because I like to set an example, but it doesn't, 
you know, it, it doesn't negate the fact that like I was a shitty person in the past, like, right. you know, and these people that are having some type of um, offensive or sorry, defensive reaction to my content, it's probably because I'm triggering something in them that they're not comfortable with about themselves. And it's like, dude, I was you. I, yes, like I, I felt defensive a lot of the time too, but when you, you know, I've said this in the past, I had that epiphany of like, I'm not helping myself. I'm hurting myself. This isn't, you know, I get it. I had a hard time growing up. You know, I have skeletons in my closet. I've been through some hard shit. I'm not trying to diminish that, but that doesn't give me the excuse to hurt people going forward. It's now my responsibility to make the changes in my life to ensure that I don't keep that cycle of pain going. Like I'm an adult. I need to be making these decisions. If I, if I want to have good friends and good relationships and this, you know, healthy, happy life, I need to put that out into the world or I'm absolutely not going to get that back. Yeah. 100%. Like we, especially that part, you're not going to get it back. Like that's, it's so that's, that's been another part of sobriety that I've thought's crazy is just the vibe that I give out and the vibe that I get back. It's like, I just meet different people. Like totally just so, which makes sense. You're in different places. You're in, but that's a reflection too, of what you're putting out. You're, you're going to the farmer's market. So you're going to meet people at the farmer's market. You're going to the gym. So you're going to meet people at the gym. You're not going to the bar at midnight on Saturday. So you're not going to meet people at the bar at midnight on Saturday. So yeah, that's, that's been a really like, cool. I just like new experiences. I think life is kind of about new experiences. And I think it's really easy to when, when I was drinking, it was really easy for me to fall into the same experiences. Um, whereas yeah, now just like, and that can be an episode two of like new experiences and sobriety, but, or maybe we did that. Did we do that? <laughs> yeah, but I see what I'm, I'm understanding what you're saying. Like that it would be a little different. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's, that's been a cool part for me, but, uh, um, I mean, I was definitely, sorry, you can no, go. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I was just going to really quick piggyback off of like my weeks very much. So look the same. And what do they always say? Like the definition of insanity is like doing the same thing over and over again and thinking that it's going to end in a different result. And for some reason, I thought that rule didn't apply to me. <laughs> I thought that things were just going to all of a sudden get better one day. Um, and that wasn't the case. I had to change myself and my behaviors first. And now, 10 and a half months later, you know, I had to put in the work, have patience, have grace. And now I'm finally seeing a life of like, oh, yeah this is where it's at. <laughs> Sobriety's compounding. I really do think it's like a compounding interest. Like the first three months, you'll really see the benefit around month eight, nine, 10, because, or, or how, however that works out timeline wise for you. It's a very compounding thing. I think just the people you meet, the, the habits you build, the, all of it, all of it, even if it like an example here, just an example that popped into mind, say you, 
you got your car registration and, and you're sober now. You're like, okay, this is day 10 of being sober. And you you got your car registration. You're like, it's six o'clock at night. You're like, well, normally I would start drinking now, but this is kind of weird. I can't drink. I'm just going to go to Target because like sometimes when I get pulled over, I'm, I'm fumbling around trying to find my registration and my insurance. and I just have no clue where it is. So you go to Target and you buy like a little folder and you just put your stuff in there and you put it in your... <laughs> your uh whatever that thing welcome department <laughs> yeah, glove department yeah and then 10 months down the road you get pulled over and you're sober let's go no dewey um <laughs> and then you just like oh shit i have you're almost excited to get pulled over you're like i have my insurance and my registration like that's a weird example that didn't even happen to me i don't know why that thought of that but those types we of love moments, the metaphors <laughs> yeah my metaphor game <laughs> those types of moments are just like all the time in sobriety you're just like oh yeah I remember when I did that yeah I was sober. right and like that's another thing that people need to understand is like dude this is going to take time because you have probably lived your adult life a certain way for years okay yeah. you're not gonna you may like I get that people do experience the pink cloud I definitely did but like if you are not one of those people do not think that there's something wrong with you you have lived a certain way and you've um learned certain habits that you've kept up for years at a time it's going to take time to a break those down and unlearn them and then b learn you know better ways to go about your how new you life you know your new life your healthy coping mechanisms you know what happens when you do get faced with the stressful situations because those are going to happen whether you're sober or not it matters on how you, your reaction to them, your behavior to them. That's, you're still going to get pulled over, but you're either going to be drunk or you're going to have your little folder with your, <laughs> with your right. Like you're, you're either going to be like ready and like, you're going to have all these tools, you know, at your side, ready to go, or, you know, you can keep going down, you know, the same path. And, um, also, you know, there might be some slip ups in that area too but as long as you know that like the moment that you kind of like more recognize like big picture and we've said this before it's like what would the person that I want to be do so as long as you keep going back to that I think that you know you're you're in a good spot and if you're listening to this podcast you're you obviously care you know like you care you want to get better and that's fucking awesome you need to recognize that in itself yeah, for sure. And and the habits will come. Like if you're on the fence right now about quitting drinking or not and just think like first of all, this is kind, we're we're entering what I like to call grind season. It's the weather's about to get cold. The the sun's about to go down early. The the days are about to get short. And how are you going to come out of out of grind season? Are you going to come out like the same person that you went in, which is fine, like if that's what you want, or you can come out a completely different person. Six, you have six months. You can totally, you can transform your life in six weeks, let alone six months. You can look like a totally different person in six months. And not, I'm not just talking like weight loss or muscle gain. I'm talking skin, skin, uh, like the clarity of your skin the energy you give off the glow in your eyes, you can be a different person in six months from now. And like, this is, if you've been on the fence about, do I want to keep drinking? Do I want to stop drinking? 
this is probably the prime time to to come back into into yourself and, and be who you want to be. Sober October is coming up. Oh, it is. We'll do a sober October episode. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, spooky season. Spooky season. <laughs> Love it. Well, cool. You're going to yoga. It was supposed to be rooftop yoga and it's oh. boring. So it got canceled. But I am still meeting up with a um like a girlfriend of mine that I met through um the Chicago sober scene. We're gonna go get coffee. So Love it. Love it. It'll still be a fun day. Then you watching the Bears? Probably not. I am a Bears fan. I am a Bears fan, but I don't know if it's on the agenda for today. We'll have to see. I have I have a bunch of stuff on my to do list that I want to get done. Um, but what are you doing later? Yeah, I think I'm a just like deep clean the house because I do that like every three days. I'm telling you, like yes. it takes like it takes like 15 minutes because my house is so I'm like scrubbing like everything. But it's just like, <laughs> well, this is awesome. Do that. Just go into Monday full flow. Um, Set yourself up for success. Yeah, go watch. Go to a buddy's for the Chiefs game. I think I might make like some guacamole or something to take over there. Um, shout out Carissa, by the way. That's his wife. She's having a baby in a couple weeks, and she listens to the podcast even though she's not. Sober. Yes, <laughs> love that. Love that. Yeah. Well, she's sober while she's pregnant, right? That's that's true. That's true. <laughs> she, it was so funny. We were talking about like what TikTok we're on. And she was like, I'm on, you know, like mother, mom, TikTok, something TikTok. And then she's like, oh, there's so many and sobriety. TikTok." (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, shout out her. She engages with all the sobriety content, therefore gets on sobriety. Should we do some like shout outs from listeners sometimes? I'm down for that. Yeah. You know what I was thinking, too, is and maybe we can put this out for like next week. If we had co- like uh, listeners call in and like leave a voicemail and then we they can like ask a question on the voicemail and then we can answer it. I love that idea. Yeah, I think maybe we should do that for next week. And guests. I do want to still do guests yeah, yeah. as well. We need to get on that. <laughs> we do need to get on that. But it's also another element of... <laughs> yeah, that's just another moving part. But well, we'll do it. I don't know. We'll, we'll it figure it sure. out, guys. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. All right. Maybe we'll start small and, and get up to guest level. But all right. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to leave a review. Make sure to tell a friend something else. Yes. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Peace. Bye.